Welcome, welcome, welcome all to the Two Filthy Punts podcast. I'm Anthony Heppel, and with me, some call him the man, the myth, the legend. Others just call him a filthy punt. It's the only Fen, my boy, Alex Fen. How you doing, Fen? I've just lost about six kilo, and I'm still the fattest person playing six side football. So, uh, yeah, still sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so we're the Two Filthy Punts. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Two Filthy Punts. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, send us messages, send us DMs, tell what we're doing good, tell them what we're doing bad. We tipped up quite a lot last week. We had some good winners as well. So please join the movement. Uh, as we go through the podcast, we're going to discuss all of our bets from last week. So we'll start off, we'll start where it all went wrong. We'll start football then. Seriously, Newcastle. Tipping them up after that performance. What what's gone? What the hell's going on there, boy? Yeah, it's the first point that I just want to make out is that betting on football is for losers. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, you know we've done it historically. I've done it over the years. There is never a way to make profit on football. Unfortunately, last week not a lot of things to bet on for the weekend apart from the you know the big Canada win. But Newcastle, very frustrating performance. Um, obviously, you know <laughs> we've had big hide. Um, since obviously Saudi Arabia, the Pith and Amanda Stadium and Co. obviously bought into Newcastle and took over that ownership. We have then transformed a team of mediocre players into playing, oh, you know, seven out of ten, eight, seven out of eight, out of ten performances every week with, you know, players that are just not good enough to cut the Premier League. And I think this season, whilst we did get Nick Pope in, a good goalkeeper, Sven Botman, who I do think is a really world class centre half, just obviously has a little bit to play in the Premier League. Um, and Isaac up front, which is good. I still think we really missed, and what we were screaming for, a right winger and a centre attacking midfield. And, you know, if we add Madison over the line, obviously I think it makes a difference. But that being said, <sighs> the draws are well, just let's, so good. Let's, 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 let's call the ball shit. Let's call the ball. Five <laughs> draws, five draws, and your only win is against Forest. Fuck me. Bourne Town can beat Forest right now. Forest will go 1-0 up, but Bourne will win 3-2. That's the classic. Five draws and only an opening day win. Something's got to change. Something's not right. No, but I think this is where Eddie Howe is a victim of his own success. Because I do think, and the same as what we all did, is that we believe the hype the manager got us playing. Pressing football, attacking football. And don't forget, Newcastle United, I've not seen them, apart from against Forest, have over 65% possession against yeah. many teams. We've done it against Wolves. We're now doing it against Crystal Palace. We're doing it against... Uh, Bournemouth at the weekend. So as all the results are not going our way, but I do think, like I was saying, Eddie Howe is a victim of his own success because I think he believes his own hype around, you know, he can turn his mediocre players into playing well. But now I think going on to the next level, um, a few months down the line, these players just not good enough to take Newcastle's to where they need to be. And I think we need more heavier investments in January. I would really, really like to see James Madison come in. But I do think Eddie Howe's the man. Eddie Howe's got us playing real better football. The results not come in, but, but, you know, Saudi Arabia investment fund will need to see him making a difference. So he will need to be The Saudi Arabia investment fund invested in Newcastle, not fucking draw castle. And that's right. what you are right now. In it. Can, can I just say, yeah, can I just say, I fucking hate draws. Draws in football <laughs> are the worst things ever. I'm not going to put it out there. Should we even have draws? You know, we were talking about last week about the Chelsea owner coming out and saying, you know what, we need to have some American, uh, American, um, sport, like things into our games to bring some that we've learned from what the Americans do um, in terms of like the NFL. They talked about the, you know, the North versus South. But I'm going to say draws. 
You know, draws in NFL. So what you're telling me is you're now part of the problem that is football. You know, <laughs> you're all about the fucking Super League. You're all about, you know, making sure there's no relegation, no promotion, half-time cheerleaders. Why don't you change your name? Why don't you change your name to, the new, to, to draw Castle Zebra Stripes or something like that? <laughs> What's next? What's next? <laughs> now, I'm being dead, deadly serious now. If I could go back and then Newcastle came to draw us, and if some of them turned to wins or losses, obviously Newcastle would be in a much better position, as long as they didn't lose them all. Not being serious. Would you not think? Do you, do you believe that we have a draw? I, I guarantee it, mate. I guarantee, I guarantee it. If you, if you won more games than you draw, you'd definitely be in a fucking better position. <laughs> <laughs> That's like saying, for, if Forrest don't concede in the second half, we'll be doing all right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You've got, you got a score to win. You've got a score to win. <laughs> no, but seriously, seriously, my question out to you today, should draws count? Should we have draws in Premier League football? No, and if not, what's the replacing with? Should we just turn it into the NFL? Is that what you're saying? You know, we, 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 we have overtime oh, where you can all right. get a free kick. What are we saying? Let's be honest here. Yeah. Look, it just goes into straight, sudden death, penalty shootout. Yeah, but you've got golden goal. If you've got golden goal, you've seen Preston. Preston have had like the most record nil-nils this year. That'll still be going on six weeks from now. Could you imagine golden goal, right, with the VAR and the circumstances we're in? And if it costs someone, if it costs... If it costs someone relegation. Now, I just think straight sudden death penalty shootout. Straight sudden death penalty shootout. Your biggest player with a big We'll get Diana Ross, Diana Ross to take a free kick at half time. We'll go full USA 1994 World Cup. You're too fucking young to remember it. Jesus Christ, I'm old. <laughs> I, I do also. I saw the other day, and we've started to nick some of the stuff the Americans do. I, I, we did it in the 2018 World Cup where we started playing songs when people score or where the team scores. But I saw the other day in America, they, I can't remember the, the team name, but they play in green and black. And when they score, they put all the green lights on. They zone the whole field in green. And I just thought, Do you know what? It's coming. Obviously, they have more of indoor um, arenas, sorry, well, rooftop arenas. Um, so they're able to do that a lot there. But yeah, the whole pitch was lasered out green. And I thought, it's coming. You know, we've already mixed music. Yeah, yeah, you know what? You know, I'm YouTubing that straight after we finish recording this part. <laughs> right. <laughs> should we move on from your horrific draw castle bet? Um, let, look, everyone's talking about Harlem Fan. To be honest, I'm a bit bored of it. He's a machine. He's going to be the go. He's absolutely incredible. So we're going to now do a weekly segment where Fen did Harlem score? Yes. Great. Moving on. Um, Arsenal. Arsenal had this 15 year old lad. What's his name? Ather, Ethan the Worry. Born in night in two thousand and seven. What were you doing in two thousand and seven? Not often I feel sick and feel old at the same time. But when I saw two thousand and seven come up, I mean, I was still I was in secondary school. Two thousand and seven, I was in secondary school, and I still feel old. I know you were forty two. Was he in 2007? Close to retirement, mate. Close to retirement. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just to put that into like perspective, he was twelve when COVID started. Twelve. He was being homeschooled through COVID. It's nuts, absolutely nuts. But you know, time will tell whether he's going to be a success. But Premier League debut at fifteen. Imagine going to school the next day. What the fuck do you say? Yeah, I, I heard that the other two records were obviously Cesc Fabregas previously at Arsenal at sixteen, and Harvey Elliott at sixteen. And the Harvey Elliott yeah. one didn't really stick out to me. It wasn't one where I was like, oh. But this one, when they said two thousand and seven. Yes, made me feel bad about myself. <laughs> absolutely nuts. I was working out if I could be his granddad. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, I, I was I was reapplying to get back in school from being excluded, let alone be playing professional sport. <laughs> right, let's wrap up football before we move on. Um, 
Should we do the depressing nature that is the East Midlands right now? Fucking Leicester, Forest. Oh, where do we start? It's just miserable. Well, go ahead, talk to me, talk to me about Forest. What's going on? Well, Forest, 22 signings. Everyone's like, oh, it's too many, it's too many. But if you look at the team that went up, there was only like nine players that could actually go, you know, it was a lot of loan signings, a lot of free, a lot of people coming to the end of contracts that weren't going to make it in the Premier League. You know, when you go up, you, you can either do a Norwich and just go up and down to be that yo-yo club and like in Fulham. Nobody knows if Nor- Norwich and Fulham have never played each other in about 400 years because they just go up and down alternate seasons. So you kind of, you kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't, you get moaned up for not investing. You do, you're told you like spending too much money and the team can't gel. I think the most interesting thing is Leicester still, they're only at one point. Forest on four points. The next game, I'm calling it, is the El Sakiko. The El Sakiko. <laughs> because there's no way one of Cooper or Rogers survives that game. It's at Leicester. That's the next game. And just if anyone's in doubt of Forest Owner, I mean, Forest Owner is a Greek shipping magnet. Yeah, he's bombed a few bakeries and smuggled some stuff into the country. We bypass that because he's put in 150 million. However, I mean, it's, it's as good as the Saudi investment funds. Just get your money a different way. Um, but they, he also owns Olympiacos. And Olympiacos have just sacked their manager, Carlos Carbraham, the former... Huddersfield manager after six games and they made 15 signings. So doesn't look good for Steve Cooper. I'm not a Steve Cooper out of that man. By all means, I think he, with time he'll do well, but I see the Leicester game as El Sakiko. What do you reckon? So so who would you have in at Forest? Who would you have as manager of Forest? Did you really, I said this to you, we were messaging the other night about managers and managers is such a conveyor belt. I don't even think it matters. You know, you can't get attached to a manager. You can't fall in love with it. I fell in love with Steve Cooper after what he did. We were bot- This time last year, we were bottom of the championship. Now, we're second to bottom of the Premier League. That's that's a little step up, if you're honest. But uh, You can't get attached. I mean, Sean Dice is probably going to come in. He played for Forrest. Ian Wones, his assistant, Forrest legend, scored an absolute belter of a left peg volley against you boys in Newcastle last time we were in the Premier League, if you remember that. Beauty. But... I don't get attached to managers. I really don't. There's no, there's no longevity in it, is there? Yeah. I don't know what you think. No, and I, I look at the Brendan Rodgers scenario where, you know, a couple of seasons ago, wins the FA Cup, he's finishing fifth. You know, he's the best thing that ever happened to Leicester City, apart from obviously the Premier League winning season that they had and changed the dynamics. Obviously they had that new training ground facilities. They had it all going their way. And if you listen now, you know, you listen to other, you know, sports talking, like talk sport, for example, um, and other phone-ins where they just all want the manager out. They just, they've had enough of Rodgers, they've had enough of their performance. Football is, you know, short-term memory. It is, you're only as good as your last game. Um, and it's very hard to remember what's happened in the past because football is so focused about now and the future that, yeah, it's fickle. I feel it's... them. I feel, imagine a draw. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> it's thing is football's fickle now. As I say, I was looking at the Newcastle timeline after the Bournemouth game. I was, it was a complete meltdown. You know, I know Twitter's not reality. It's nowhere near reality. It's just you know, it's the the vocal minority rather than the voice of the voiceless. But yeah, I, they were all how how. As soon as you lose a game, it's like get the manager out. What's that going to solve? It's just a conveyor belt. I, yeah, and this is why I fall out of love with football. I keep telling you this. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's move on. Football's crap. Um, it, I mean, I've got no bets on football this week. Uh, it's obviously the Nations League, which I don't, I don't touch football anyway. But <sighs> even you can't be betting on this boy. No, I've uh, definitely not. I think I'd rather spend my money on virtual football than I would be betting on international for this weekend. So it's a no go for me for the football. 
I'm calling it now, calling it now. Fans going to message me on Friday night going, what do you think about what do you think about this in the Italy game? And I'm like, fucking hell, then. What did we say about not betting on international football? You, you know, these Latvian players, I, I've seen one of the team before. They're not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Kazakhstan A-League football. I'm, I'm tempted by this over two and a half. <laughs> right. Um, UFC <laughs> boxing. Your speciality, Canelo versus G Triple G. Canelo winning on points. We both shouted that out. Then you started talking with your heart, which is always a gamble, but your head said back, Canelo, what? give us your lowdown of the fight. Yeah, so obviously heart was a little bit of a late stoppage or, you know, head said points. You know, I'll just say, if anyone did back Glovkin out there at any price, I don't care if he was 55,000 to one or nine to two as he was in most bookies, he was never, ever, ever going to win that fight. So I'm glad Canelo came through. Wasn't the best of fights, to be honest. Um, but Canelo proved, proved his worth. Um, it was easy money, 11 to 10 of the points. There's a few lads who messaged me, um, you know, Friday evening, Saturday, just asking for, and I did say to him, Canelo points at 11 to 10. So they've won him a few quid. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I said on the pod last week, and you, I know you went, you were looking at your heart with the, the stoppage, but your head, you said, your head said Canelo on points. I was saying Canelo on points. I backed it, made, you know, double money. It was, it was, yeah, fishing about. It was easy, easy bet. So. The judges' scorecards. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Did you? I mean, I, I, I made a note of it. I mean, I don't know about you. I had Canelo six up after the first six rounds. I don't know. What, what did you rate the first six rounds? First half of the fight, what did you have it? I didn't see any different. Didn't see any different. Six up. Six up. Easy. It was walking it. Absolutely walking it. Right. Scorecards. Uh, 116-112. 115-113. 115-113. Like, unanimous. But what were they watching? No, I thought it was a very dominant display by Canelo. And I don't know these judges that come into these big events, whether they get taken away by it. And, you know, the event, the atmosphere, um, the big um, surround around it all, um, and whether they just fall into that trap. But I think it was clear to see that Canelo won. Absolutely. Yeah. Not nine and above rounds. <laughs> it, was, it was never that close. Did you, um, did you listen to the, um, I'll tell you now, mate. Right. Everyone, I, I moan about the kid, you know, and not having a life because I've always got a kid with family and stuff like that. I can't do what you do anymore, but you're a lot younger than me and I, I've accepted it. But the best thing about having kids is late night boxing. Because you know what? They're up at four or five in the morning. I get to wake up and watch boxing because I'm looking after the kids. And I'm winning yeah. all day long. However, Canelo fight, they stayed in bed till seven o'clock. I missed the whole thing. I had to watch it all back. Fuming, mate. Fuming. <laughs> um did you hear the post, uh, the, the presser after Canelo was talking about his wrist? He's had it for a few fights now. Surgery. Yeah, yeah surgery is potentially going to be out for a year. But I, I made the point um, in the last, last week's uh, discussion about who Canelo sport. And I think in his last 10 fights, he's fought something like nine world champions. That's absolutely insane. Some in his weight class, some in different weight classes. Um, and to, to think that he's never had like a really serious or significant injury. And I think Mayweather hit this age where he had to have surgery in his hands as well. I think Canelo's coming to 32. Um, so he's still in his prime, you know, early 30s are definitely when boxers are in their prime. And I do think taking a year out will probably be the best thing for him. Um, he doesn't need to just go straight back into the ring. If he wants that Bivol rematch, he could probably, you know, actually take a year out with his surgery and, and gain muscle that he needs to be at that weight class i'm not saying he's going to win again but having that additional time rather than going through training camp to training camp to training camp to training camp to make different weights i think is he fought 
He's even fought two or three times this year. I think typically four, most of the time. Four, I think it's four, four times this year. Four, yeah. I think four in the last 12 months, they said, yeah. And at different weight classes, which is absolutely yep. insane. So he's going from training camp to training camp to training camp to training camp. And I think actually having this little bit of time off, he can reevaluate himself. Or if he wants that build rematch, take the time off, recover from the surgery and gain the weight correctly. Yeah. No, I can, I, I'm 100% with you on that one. Uh, this weekend is Joyce Parker. Uh, Fen, I know you're going to have some tips on this one. Do you want to break down the fight yeah. for all of our listeners? Yeah. So, uh, this, and this is the best way John Fury explains Joe Joyce the best way possible. Is that man, he's not the fastest, he's not the hardest, but his hands are like cement and you need five men and a baseball bat to even knock his head back. The guy is slow, sluggish, just walks for everything and that's why he's called the juggernaut. So Joe Joyce is a danger for anyone in the heavyweight division because if he eventually breaks you down and catches you, you're going to have a tough time. And what he did to Daniel Dubois um, a couple of years ago was proof of that. And I think that was one of the biggest shocks because um, I remember uh, Triple D being a, a massive um, odds on favour for that fight and Joe Joyce, you know, taking it to the later rounds and, and demolishing him. And he's been like that ever since. And I think where you've got with Parker, Joseph Parker, is a really good boxer. He's already been a world champion in the much younger years. Um, he's boxed with the big boys and the elite boys. Has Joe Joyce boxed anyone top five? No. Like, realistically, he hasn't. He's not had the Dillian Mice. He's not had the Chisora. He's not had AJ. Whereas Joseph Parker's been in there with these guys. And he's the underdog. He is the underdog for this fight. And I fancy him to win on points. Joseph Parker's movement and boxing ability backwards, especially when Joe Joyce is nice and slow, like what he said, so Joe Joyce is slow, going to have to try and wear him down. I think that's who Joseph Parker to a T. I think he's going to absolutely outbox his head off. And he's at 13 to 8 at the moment, 7 to 4, some bookies. And I'd go for him on a points win. I don't think he'll stop Joyce. I don't think many people in the world would need to stop Joyce. I think even Tyson Fury would have a, a very difficult day with him. But to get absolutely outboxed, I think it falls into jo Joseph Parker's hands. Really do. What so what 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 bet are you what bet are you putting up there? Because I I I'm reading a completely different fight. What what are you punting on this? Joseph Parker points. It's Joseph Parker on decision. Eleven to four on Sky Bet right now. I know. I've, I've just seen it. So the win is seven to four, and by decision eleven to four. And yeah. I would have. Yeah, I I think it's a great punt. I think the price the price is so good that it's got to be worth backing. How many Look, people yeah. stopped? How many people stopped Joseph Parker? No, has he stopped yeah. them? Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's only two bets in it for me. It's either, it's, it's either Parker on points or Joe Joyce knockout, isn't it? Let's be honest. This is the only yeah. two out. And don't forget, for don't forget. Yeah. So Parker's been dropped three times that I can recall. Obviously, you had the two with Dillian White and then in the 12th round, Parker could have beat him. Should have beat him. And then he got dropped by the first punch with Chisora. Um, and then Parker came back in the rematch against Chisora. And I mean, he battered him. I think he dropped yeah. him six times. Yeah, Aiden yeah. couldn't drop Barker. So when AJ is a real heavy hitting lad, what did Parker do? Just stayed in the outside. Yeah, but you got to remember the ball. You got to remember AJ's just a bodybuilder. Says the big man Fury. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I see Joseph Parker winning quite comfortably, just because of how slow Joyce is. But we'll see. But I'd go Parker eleven to four on the point. Okay, I'm gonna. Um, the the filthy punts are, are disputing this one because if you're gonna ask me, I'm going Joe Do Joe Joe Joyce knockout two to one. Wow. One of us is going to win. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Parker points all day. 11 to 4. I think it's an absolute great bet. Cool. Well, okay. Um, AJ Fury still not confirmed, is it? No. Verbal agreement yeah. still. Nothing. Again, to talk about. 
Warren will blame her and her will blame Warren. I've got an issue that weekend, not going to lie. If we do get tickets, um, there's another event on the Friday night and Friday night's the wife's birthday, Saturday in Cardiff. <laughs> so if anyone's listening at home and have your um, best divorce lawyers or tips, please DM us. Um, oh no, Baker, shit, Baker. Baker's a pro at divorce. For all your divorce tips, please contact Baker at twofilthypunts.com. He'll be able to give you advice or anything you need. Uh, and we can get him on the pod if you need any more divorce advice. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure or, that we can. Or, or excuses to come up with not being divorced. Oh. So what excuse you could say? That'd be yeah. a <laughs> why, I, why I need to be in Cardiff. Yeah, great. Yeah. Can, we just, can, we, can we just jump on there? I've obviously seen the rumor mill about Yusik going to be at Deontay Wilder's next fight. True. And as we think Deontay Wilder's going to walk through this guy like nothing already. I can't see Deontay Wilder to smack Usyk's head clean straight off. I'm not going to lie. One punch is down. One punch is gone. Yeah. We yeah. might not even see Usyk Fury. Could you imagine? Let's imagine. I'm just going to put a scenario out there. And, you know, maybe it's so good that we push for the AJ fight. Because, you know, I, I thought a week ago, let AJ fight Dillian White. Let Fury fight whoever. Let Fury then fight Usyk and then it come back. And if AJ's beat Dillian White, you've got real big hype. But now I'm thinking to myself, if AJ fights Fury, we get that fight that we always wanted. If Usyk fights Wilder, I think Wilder knocks him out. And you don't want to see, uh, Will would see Fury Wilder again, but you don't want to see it. You'd rather the see fourth, Fury Usyk, wouldn't you? Fourth time, yeah. I mean, the trilogy, it, I still watch those fights now. I still watch them back now. I don't know about you. I love that trilogy. Could you imagine Fury versus Wilder 4? This is the only way I'd be interested. At Wembley. Imagine if it's in the UK as well. At Wembley. Yeah. Wow. That's, That's the only way I'm interested. And, and you know what? I was going to come on. We were going to do. We were going to do top three ring walks. I think that brings us in nicely. Imagine the ring walk for Fury Wilder through four. Fury Wilder four. When <laughs> <laughs> do you want? Do you want to? Do you want to do top three ring walks? What's yours? Hit me up. Oh, my top three walkouts. I, I'm going to have to say so. Number three. Um, I was there in the arena to watch it, and there's been two that I had to pick from from this man. There was the one where he fought at Bramall Lane against Harold Spence, which I thought was magical, and the one which you watched on TV against Golovkin. But when Kel Brook came out to all of the lights, um, the piano version against Amir Khan, it was absolutely amazing. And it was real good. You know, when the piano keys just went through the arena, giving you them shivers down your spine, it was absolutely fantastic. My second, and I think this was actually, I'll have to remember it properly, but I think it's Chris Eubank Sr., when he come out to simply the best. And was that against Nigel Ben? I'm not too sure. Yeah, I'd have to yeah I think you're right. When, right. He come out, oh, when he come out to simply the best and he stands there above it, it's absolutely amazing. It, it described his persona so much, inflated his ego, and that's what you want. I think when you want a ring, a ring walk or a walkout like you have in the UFC, you need it to be able to just basically, here's your personality, time to buy steroids, and then go out. And that's what they do. In the UFC, they do it fantastic. They've really copied and embrace that sort of wrestling gimmick where they make it so much part of their personality and they utilize it in their ring walk and their walkout and they go out and they get the fans absolutely rattled up and the atmosphere is just fantastic. And that's what's really key. Boxing doesn't really do it too much, but especially the UFC walkouts are fantastic and, and they really work on their gimmicks. Well, we say gimmicks, obviously, you know, they think they're being true to it, but it is a little bit of a gimmick. And then number one is the Tyson Fury Sex is on Fire walkout at Wembley. I will never, ever, and probably will never see a better walkout like that. And we saw it live. Oh, it was 
Yeah. <laughs> but then again, let's, let, if you look at the top three, Fury is my number one as well. That, that day at Wembley, we, we went to Wembley. That was incredible. We'll never, ever be matched uh, against Dillian White. Dillian White's walkout on that night was good as well. When you watch it back, I, I, I didn't really appreciate the time because we were all Fury. But it's, it's you know, when he howls, 94,000, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, the only one I'd add to what you've already brought up, I, Lee Wood. At the um, Nottingham Arena, when uh, he came out to Mullacantyre, the Forest song, that was pretty special with 10,000 Forest fans all singing it. That was pretty magical, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember Dillian might even turn up against Tyson Fury. <laughs> so I'm glad you remember his walkout. He did. Yeah. He, did. He, got, he only got knocked out because his head <laughs> hit the canvas. That uppercut barely <laughs> touched him and he didn't lose a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> right. Should we move on? NFL. Um it will now be known as Comeback Sunday, but I'd like to, uh, you know, I'm a, I'd like to big myself up. You might see my Instagram where I was shouting from the rooftops that my filthy punt, Damian Harris, touchdown at 75, came in as predicted against the um, Pittsburgh Steelers. Boom. I hope you're all on board. I'm buzzing. I was absolutely buzzing when that came in. It's weird, though, because I'm celebrating against my team a touchdown going in, but knowing that the Filthy Punts podcast was absolutely winning as well. So it freaked me out a bit. I didn't really know if to celebrate or not. Um, hope everyone was on board. Uh, on a lighter note, someone last week bigged up the Vikings. Um, <laughs> they got destroyed by the Eagles last night. So. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts, but I hope everyone was on the Damian Harris. Um, I want to first, when we talk about NFL, I've got to talk about, did you watch the Ravens versus the Dolphins on Sunday night? Talk about comeback. The Ravens were 21 points up in the first, in the fourth quarter. Lamar Jackson was having an absolute worldie and they lost. <laughs> did you, did you watch it, Fed? Did you watch did it? You say, sorry, did you say they were 21 points up in the fourth quarter? Going into the fourth quarter, they were 21 points up against the Miami Dolphins. Lamar Jackson was having an unbelievable game. Rushing yards, passing yards, you name it. They were, Dolphins were trailing by 21 points and they won. Right. Just to bring that into perspective, of the last 172 games, where a team has been trailing by 21 points going into the last quarter, none of them have won. This is the first time in 172 games where that score has been going into the last quarter where someone has won. I, I tell you, I'd love to have known the odds. I'll, I'll, I'll get them. I'll get the odds. That's just insane. But fair play to the Dolphins when you're riding the train. Whoa. Yeah. It, did you, it, was, it, was, it was definitely comeback Sunday. I mean, the Cardinals came back against the Raiders. It was, yeah, NFL just... Never fails to deliver. It was absolute madness. And did you see the Jets, the Jags, and the Lions all won? These are the worst three teams in the NFL. Every year, the worst three teams in the NFL, they all won. That's the first time since 2011 they've all won. Um, some people are saying it's the winds have changed. My boy Dan, who's a big Jags fan, he thinks the tide is turning with Trey Lawrence. But, you know, I'm not convinced. I think it was luck. Anyway. So, so you, you, have, you have in the past couple of years, midpoint season, Always tipped me the Super Bowl winner. You don't tend to go for it yourself, but I've backed it both times. I backed the Rams last season when you said yeah. the point when they got uh, uh, Odell Beckham. You said, you know what, this could be the turning point. And then the Bucks the season before. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you really onto the spot. We're only a couple of games in. What are you going for? Because I need to win some money. 
Um, I always do it mid-season because I get to see everyone. I mean, let me let me just give you a back on the Bucks one. It was when the Bucks were losing to the Falcons, and I turned around halfway through the game and I said, "Look, this is all set up. For Brady, Brady wins this game. He'll win the Super Bowl." And yeah, he did. Rams. I said, "Look at that Rams offense with Odell Beckham Jr. coming in. That's going to do some damage." And it did. I'm not it's too early. It's too early for me to tip. I tell you, what, I'll give you my tip for next week instead. Um, Colts. Tied their first game and then they got shut out against the Jags. Jags, worst team in the in the league, first first pick every year. Um, however, I don't see them turning it around. They're playing the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, with Patrick Mahomes still throwing bombs. Kelsey's always going to score a touchdown. The only chance for Colts is if Jonathan Taylor starts firing as a running back. I think he will. And the game point line on this game is at 49.5. So 50 points or more in the Colts or Jags game is actually paying 9 to 10, which I think is absolutely huge. Jonathan Taylor starts his rushing yards. Mahomes starts throwing bombs to Kelsey. That's going to be a high-scoring game. So I'm backing that all day long. The handicap's at minus 6.5 for the Chiefs. I don't think that's... Uh, it's a good bet, but it's still a bit small. I'm not a big handicap man. But over 4.9 points in the Chiefs-Colts game Get on it. My NFL run. Let's keep it going. Let's keep riding the train back in the winners. What do you think, Ben? You got any bets for this one, Fem? Not for the NFL. Obviously, I like to be entertained and watch it. And I do tend to get a few tips for you anytime uh, touchdowns. I do like that. Uh, obviously, short rods. Um, but the last couple have had been quite successful. Um, you had a late play this. It's a Fen. Never messaged me all weekend. I think I, I will come to it in a minute when we go to Fen, what Fen did this week. But he messaged me saying, Oh, I'm on the Bucks and Giants. And I'm like, Look, you you always ask me for NFL tips. Suddenly he's gone rogue. Suddenly he's yeah. gone on his own. Backs the Bucks Giants without consulting me. Lands it. Huge bet. What the hell was going on there? I mean, great bet. Where did it come from? I know and all. And uh, it wasn't in play when it was both losing at the time as well. Uh, so I just thought, you know, the Bucks had a good price. Um, Giants had a really good price for them at the time. Uh, and I just thought the Giants did it last the weekend before, didn't they? They had a yeah, big chunk last week. Was he against the Texans? Been, the Titans, sorry? Yeah, they've been crap for years and they, they've just won again. Like, I don't get it, honestly. And it, and well, it's, it's crazy. And then the other, the other thought process, would you ever bet against the Bucks? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's Brady show, isn't it? It's always the Brady yep. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And then, yeah, uh, and then I, I stuck, I stuck the Willens on the Green Bay handicap. Yeah, and uh, yeah. they looked much different side um, to the week before. Last year, Green Bay lost their first game. Everyone was like, "Green Bay's over. Rogers is done. They're done." This year, lost the first game. Everyone was saying, "Done." Never ever rule out Green Bay. Never. I mean, the wide receivers on Rogers is shouting them. They rush the ball a bit more. Never rule out Green Bay. Yeah. Um, but before we go, watched, yeah, go, go. Sorry, go. I watched. I watched, um, you know, a clip of, you know, the 10 longest throwing touchdown passes in history. And Aaron Rodgers and Brady seem to be the whole of the top 10. So it's really interesting <laughs> to just get an insight of Rodgers and how far he can throw a ball. I think he's exactly. made close to a 90 yard pass before. Um, yeah. Yeah. The guy's a machine. A machine. Um, yeah. We'll move on from NFL to everyone's favourite segment of the week. You've all been waiting for everyone to literally sat tuned in going, what did Fen do this week? So what did you do? Right, so I'm going to tell you what I've done. It's, it's a bit of a weird one, but it's absolutely incredible. And for those that have ever been, but recently in Lincoln, they've just opened up a new pop world. And for anyone who knows what pop world is, it's like walk about on steroids. Um, it plays pop music. It has all different cultures of people in there. 
So about this weekend, I went to the one in Newcastle. It's got glass panels like, all the way through so you can see in and out. They even leave smoke in the building. They have your nan there, your uncle, the smack kid downtown. <laughs> it has absolutely everyone. The trans community, to the bodybuilders. I've never seen a place that has so many different backgrounds of people. And they all go together to join in to sing to the Spice Girls. It was an absolute masterclass of a place. So I'm just going to have my biggest shout out. And it's not really a fuck up for my art, but just attending it. Hot World, Newcastle. Absolutely fantastic place. And I hope the people in Newcastle understand and know this because you don't get this in other cities. In Newcastle, I just say in Newcastle, you know, when you go to like, you know, shops, restaurants, bars, even, the people are so friendly. But one of the other things I noticed is that every time we shared like a lift or the elevator with someone, they were always speaking to you, asking you how your day's been, how's it going. It's very weird if you're not used to that culture. But up in Newcastle, they're so friendly, absolutely fantastic. And Pop World, messed up place, great. <laughs> well again no fuck up this week i'm quite impressed but anyway uh, well 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 i hope all the girls that are kissed were girls and not men <laughs> there's a lot of transvestites in there hey we're we're an open podcast we're equal opportunities here on two filthy puns okay right let's go from everyone yeah. <laughs> right big shout outs worst performance you want me to go first this week yeah yeah, go gonna... yeah okay big shout out so Big shout out. The best performance of the week has to go to Human Song. The Spurs, everyone was writing him off all week, saying he's done, he's done, he's done. 13 minute hat trick. And he only played the last half an hour. Form is temporary, class is permanent. That's all I can say. And the worst play of the week goes to the bookie, Paddy Power. And I'll tell you why. Last week, we were talking about the Americanization, taking the piss out of the Chelsea owner. In talking about, you know, halftime shows and Americanization, franchise football, all this. What did Paddy Power do? They did an Insta story based on our content. Now, Paddy Power, if you're stealing our content, that's fine, but just give us a shout out or something like that. And actually, no, 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 forget about shout out. I want a sponsorship deal and I want you to unrestrict my betting account. 7p on the horses is not going to cut it. Yeah. Unrestrict my betting account, give us a sponsorship deal, and we'll let you steal our content. Then, big shout out, worst performance from you, my boy. Can I start with the worst performance? Yeah. That's nice and easy one. We've always briefly discussed it, but Leicester City. I don't know if it can get any worse. Can it get any worse? No. Well, if they lose to Forest, I think that's the lowest of the low, isn't it? Right, Leicester City and anyone who bet on Glovkin, after all the advice I told you, I said, you're an idiot if you bet on Glovkin. So if anyone's out there who bet on Glovkin, you're an idiot. <sighs> and the best, what would be my best shout for this week? I used Harland last week. We've already discussed Harland. There'll be no further mention of him. Um, I, I probably, I don't want to go with it. It's a really easy and simple one. But have Man City already won the Premier League? Absolutely. Done. Pay out. Paddy Power, unrestrict me. Pay out on Man City. Job done. Easy. Yeah. Yep. It's, a, it's a really short. So I, I can't even say Canelo. He wasn't that impressive. Otherwise, I would have said that was the most important thing for the week. Uh, you know, my draws, I would say, if we can make him a sudden death penalty kicks, if that becomes a thing, <laughs> obviously, fair place to Chelsea owner. But no, I'm just, I'm just been impressed every week with Man City. And then they've had a few draws um, against Newcastle, Villa, etc. They didn't look too good against Dortmund, but they've got the job done. But uh, is, any, is anyone going to beat them this season? Like, seriously, beat or make it any competitive? They're going to win. Yeah, did- the, the only thing is Champions League for me is if they can actually get that one over online. But other than that, can, no, I can, can they? Can they? Yeah. Can they do the quadruple? Yeah. Wow. 
never, never say never, but it's a big ask. Right. Let's wrap this thing up because we are the two filthy punts and we will give you, as promised, two filthy punts. My filthy punt this week is the over 49.5 game in the Colts Chiefs playing at nine to 10. Fen, give us your filthy punt this week. Joseph Parker on points, 11 to four. If not, do track him to win. Just back him to win. It's a good enough price. Go for both. Have a full yeah. day. Honestly, once you win, have a holiday, spend it on your missus, do whatever. Just thank Fen at the end of the week. <laughs> absolutely right we have been the two filthy punts it's been a pleasure as always only fans merch coming soon thank you very much for your time i'm anthony apple out then any closing remarks yeah if anyone bets joseph farker and it wins i'll give you a free only fence t-shirt i'm just putting it out there <laughs> free only fence t-shirt you heard it here first we've been the two filthy punts we'll see you next week bye-bye see you later